today because Jesus is alive. Amen. John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, and the Lord appeared to him. And John, as you can imagine, seeing Jesus in his glorified body, was afraid. In fact, whenever angels appear to people, they almost always say, fear not. And they're just angels. Can you imagine what John saw when he saw Jesus in his glorified body? And yet the Bible tells us that here's what Jesus said to John. He said, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. But listen to this. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. Isn't that good news? That's why we're here today. But not everybody's always understood that. And not everyone has always believed it. And that's the focus of Luke's account of the resurrection. Luke focuses on the misunderstanding of the women who went looking for a dead body and the disbelief of the disciples who heard of the resurrection and thought they had just heard an idle tale. But yet the good news is, is that both the women and Peter had a transformation. As these ladies who went looking for a body soon began to understand that Jesus had risen. And they moved from misunderstanding to understanding. Peter, who thought that he had heard an idle tale, ran and when he saw an empty tomb and all the evidence there, he went from disbelief to belief. It's amazing to think that we only have four Gospels. So only four narrative accounts of the resurrection. And when we read Luke's account, we would expect him to focus on the resurrection, wouldn't we? But as we read the account, that's not the focus at all. In fact, he says very little about the resurrection other than that it happened, that it was a, that it was a fact. But instead, he spends all of his time focusing on the people's response to this event and how they perceived it or misperceived it. So I want to ask you a pretty important question today. What if Luke wrote an account of your visit to church on Easter? Are we humble enough to think there might be some element of misunderstanding? Perhaps for some, there might even be some element of disbelief. But hopefully, like these women and like Peter, we'll undergo a transformation as we move to a point of deep understanding, of knowing who Jesus is, and of trust trust this is what the bible means by belief in christ not a a intellectual knowledge of the facts that someone existed but to risk everything to put our complete faith in who he is and what he said for jesus would tell john that he had the keys to death and Hades.
And the Bible tells us that Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. Meaning it's only because he was raised from the dead that we can have the hope that he can do the same for us. So today I hope that's where your trust lies is with him. Luke chapter 24, we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read this together? Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, here's what it says. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus... While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men? and be crucified, and on the third day rise? And when they remembered his words in returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Let's pray today. Father, our prayer today is that you would give us the faith to marvel at what happened on that Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead. Lord, if there's any that does not believe, I pray today that you draw them into faith. God, give us understanding so that we might know the one that we worship. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the women go to the tomb, and they go with the best of intentions, but with complete misunderstanding. The women went looking for a body because they were not expecting a resurrection. And I found that I think this is true for most people today. They're looking for something, but what God is offering is so much greater than what they are looking for. And so the Bible tells us that what took place, it was on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. The Sabbath was not on Sunday. The Sabbath was Saturday. And that's why we worship and have for 2,000 years on Sunday because it's the day that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. So it was on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb. So the Bible says here they were taking spices that they had prepared. So Jesus wasn't embalmed, but they were going to go and they were going to use spices and prepare his body for, for decay. And the way that they did burials in uh, first century Jerusalem is that typically they were shared tombs. And the body was laid out on, on, a, on a, a bed of rock, 
and there it would decay and two or three years later they would come back when there was nothing left but bones and they would collect the bones and they would put them in a box and they would put them on a shelf in the tomb and it would be ready for the next person and so as these ladies came to prepare Jesus' body, they were coming looking for a corpse that they could prepare to decay because they thought that Jesus was, was dead. They said, so why, why didn't they do this when Jesus was buried like normal? And it's because Jesus died on a Friday afternoon. And the Jews reckoned days from sundown till sunrise. And so the Sabbath would begin on what we would call Friday evening. And Jesus was buried in haste because they could not work on the Sabbath. And so they buried his body unprepared for decay. And they came as soon as they could, which was sunrise on the first day of the week, to do what they had not had time to do as they buried his body. So it says in verse 54, it was the day of preparation. So the day of preparation is the day before the Sabbath. So because they didn't work on the Sabbath, there was a lot of things that had to be done the day before to get everything ready. And so the Bible says this was the day of preparation. It was not only a day of preparation for the Sabbath, but it was also a feast, a festival of Passover. And so John's gospel would tell us that it was a high Sabbath, which was when a holy day coincided with the Sabbath day. And so the Bible says here it was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee saw, followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid then they returned and prepared spices and ointments and on the sabbath day they rested according to the commandment so jesus was buried in haste the sabbath was beginning and so they simply have to wait and yet all this work that they do is in vain because jesus doesn't need any spices his body's not going to see any decay but jesus would be would raise from the dead and so the Bible tells us in verse 2 that they went, and when they went, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Uh, Mark tells us that on the way, the ladies were having this discussion because they were concerned about how they were going to be able to open the tomb. So in, in that day, uh, a very large stone was used and would be rolled across the door. And it's not just Jesus' tomb that was this way, but there were other tombs. And oftentimes there might be a track in which that, that had been carved out and that stone would be able to roll across the door. And so the ladies are concerned because they're not sure that they're able to, to move it because of the weight. And so in Mark chapter 16, verses 2 through 4, he tells us about this discussion that they had. It says, and very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And, and they were saying to one another, who will roll a stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And they looked and they saw that the stone had been rolled back. And the Bible tells us here it was very large. Well, the stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out of the tomb. 
the stone was rolled back so that the women could see inside and see that it was empty. The same would be true for the disciples when they get there. They would be able to go in and see that the tomb was empty. So the ladies prepare all these spices, ointment, and now early, the first day of the week, they're seeking sunrise when they can go and prepare the body. But all of this was in vain because there was no body to care for. The Bible says in verse 3, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Well, you say, so they didn't fully understand everything. But, but that's to be expected, right? I mean, no, nobody really anticipated Jesus would rise from the dead. But yet throughout the Bible, we see this theme in the Gospels of misunderstanding. It, it, we see it at the woman at the well. The disciples go to buy food. They come back and they find Jesus talking with a woman. And they say, why? Why is he talking with a woman? They, they don't understand that Jesus has come for, for all people. The disciples are in a boat and a storm comes up. And they're all frantically trying to survive. And they say, why, 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 is, why is he asleep? Does he not care if we perish? Because they don't understand that Jesus is in absolute complete control of every storm. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 tells us about when Jesus was to explain the crucifixion to his disciples. And it says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. Just like in John chapter 4, when it said that he must go to Samaria because there was a woman there that he was to have an encounter with. Now he says he must go to Jerusalem. And you say, why must he go? Because it's the Father's plan, and he's in complete obedience to the Father's plan. And so he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. This tells us that Jesus was teaching this and explaining it in advance to his disciples. And yet, how did they take the news? Well, Peter rebuked him. He pulled him aside. And he said, Lord, this must never happen. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. There's a theme all throughout the Gospels of people that just don't understand really who Jesus is and what he is about. And so the ladies had also heard this teaching. We know because the Bible says when the angels reminded them, they remembered. Not that they heard it for the first time. They remembered. And so they didn't fully understand. And yet they would come to understanding. And how did they get from misunderstanding to understanding? Divine revelation. God revealed it to them. And in their case, it was directly through the words of angels. The Bible says in verse 4, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. God sent the angels to explain what had happened. 
He sent the angels to explain what had happened. Do you know that without divine revelation, we couldn't really understand anything about God or what he's up to in the world? Have you ever thought about this? No one at the crucifixion looked at Jesus dying on the cross and said, what a demonstration of love. Nobody. But yet the Bible would explain to us what was happening that day as Jesus took our place. It's the Bible that says that God demonstrates his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's because of God's divine revelation, which we have written in Scripture, that we understand who God is and what he was doing, even in these moments. So the ladies look for a body, and it's not there. And the Bible says they're perplexed. And as they're standing there perplexed, trying to figure out what has happened, God sends them a word to the angels so that they might understand. Because the Lord doesn't want to leave us in the dark. He wants to show himself to us so that we can know him and that we can worship him. In Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, the Bible describes the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And listen to what it says. And when he had said these things, that's Jesus. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? So, so once again, we got a group of people who are sincere but don't understand what's going on. And so God sends once again two angels. They said, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. It's through divine revelation that we understand who God is and what he's doing in the world. It's the Bible says about our thoughts, it says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. The Bible also says, God says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We know who God is and what God is doing in the world because he has revealed it to us. And as these ladies stand in a empty tomb trying to figure out why there is no corpse for them to treat two angels appear and explain to them what has taken place god reveals it to them i want you to know something that's very important here the message of the angels was consistent with what god had revealed from the old testament and through the teaching of jesus when we speak about god revealing things the things that God reveals to us, they might be additional information, but it never contradicts what God has previously said because he's been following the same plan since the foundation of the world. And so verse 5, it says, And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? 
can't help but be reminded of those two angels who said to the disciples as they were staring into heaven, why do you stand looking into heaven? He said to the ladies, why do you seek the living among the dead? The implication is that if you understood what Jesus was up to, you would be doing something else. And so there they are in the tombs looking for Jesus, but he's not there because he's risen from the dead. And he says in verse 6, he is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you. So Jesus had been teaching them this previously while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Jesus had taught the disciples, all of his followers, that this was going to happen, and yet they still didn't understand until it did. But you know what happens when you understand something and you believe it? You act on it. And that's exactly what the ladies did. Verse 8, it says, And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Do you know why they went and told the disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead? Because they believed it with all their heart. They believed it. And because they understood it and they believed it, then they, they acted upon it. So if we think about the church today, well, why do we do the things that we do? It should be driven by belief and understanding that then produces action. When, when Peter hears this, uh, he initially doubts. But after seeing the empty tomb, he believes. Now, it's fascinating that these women, and, and, and in our current culture, we don't think much about this, but in, in the first century, women weren't allowed to testify in court. They weren't considered reliable witnesses. And yet God chose the women to be the first witnesses of the resurrection. In verse 10, it says, Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So Peter, Peter initially doubts. And Peter's initial doubt is shared by many people who often come to faith later. Peter begins thinking that he has just heard an idle tale. But later he comes to believe. The Bible doesn't record everything that happened in the first century. It doesn't record every word that was spoken. In fact, the Gospel of John concludes with this statement. He said that Jesus said and did many things, and I suppose that they were all written down the world wouldn't contain the scrolls. So we don't know everything that was said in that moment. But when the Bible says that the disciples heard this, and thought it was an idle tale. I suspect for a moment that these ladies felt a little rejected. Perhaps they even heard some sharp criticism or rebuke from the disciples who thought this was a bunch of nonsense. And so it is when we share truth for the first time with people 
a lot of them, it's a shock. And their initial response is disbelief. But don't get discouraged. Remember that Peter, the one who had become the leader of the disciples and the early church, when he first heard, he didn't believe. But we, uh, he went on to experience a transformation in which he had faith in Christ. So the Bible says in verse 12, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Even though Peter began in doubt, he ended in faith. Friends, I want you to understand, today, today we're here to celebrate, to remember the most significant event that's ever taken place in the world. Jesus stepped out of heaven. He gave up all the glory and splendor of being there to humble himself and become a man. And he did it for you. He didn't need to come to this earth for himself. He didn't need to die for himself. He did it for you. When he died on a cross, he paid a penalty that he did not owe so that you could receive a gift that you don't deserve. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he demonstrated that he has the power over death. And that's why we have the hope. That even as our body discontinues to age and deteriorate, and it will eventually become overcome with disease or give way to accident, that one day when our lungs stop breathing and our heart pumps blood and oxygen to our brain for the last time, that that will not be the end of us. For we're not just mere matter. We have a soul. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And it says that one day he's coming again and he's going to raise the dead to life. He said, why should I believe that? Because he was raised from the dead. He demonstrated that he had the power. This is why we have hope today. Why we can put our faith and our trust in him. So I want to encourage you today to believe in him and to live for him because faith produces action. When the ladies decided that he was risen from the dead, they went and they told the disciples. When Peter came in and stooped and saw the linen cloths lying there and nobody, he went home marveling at what had happened and he would later lead the early church because that's what faith looks like faith leads us 